A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> I was taught that as a kid, and I was also brought up as a kid on fresh fruit every day, and at our house it was a really important part of our eating plan that we had good quality fruit in our house. Uh, I now live in a world where as an exercise professional, I have other exercise professionals and dietitians and nutritionists and experts in, uh, a lot of social media experts in food and exercise, who will adamantly share with the world that fruit is bad, sugar is bad, don't eat sugar, sugar's going to kill you, uh, On and go a step further, uh, sugar is a carbohydrate and carbohydrate's going to kill you. Uh, that's pretty harsh. How did we get from a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down and eat five to seven pieces of fruit every day through two sugars going to kill you? What, what happened? What did sugar do to become bad? And then we've got these artificial sweeteners that there are some people literally that will scream at you that if you have artificial sweetener instead of sugar, that you'll die. I've actually been in coffee shops where the, the person who served my coffee has said to me, don't eat that, it'll kill you. It causes cancer and you'll die. That's pretty harsh. So one of the questions I always ask as an exercise professional, is it the food that's bad or is it the amount that we eat? And is it possible that there, I'll ask a different question. It's not about um, don't eat that, can't eat that, shouldn't eat that. What about this question? Why are you eating that? <laughs> uh, there's lots of reasons why people eat food or don't eat food. And should we find that out before we start preaching at them about what's a good or a bad food? And I always use the example of elite athletes. Uh, if you are an endurance athlete, if you're training three, four, five hours a day, uh, and your body's using five, 10,000 calories every day, and that's not unheard of for an elite athlete, how do you get enough calories from vegetables or salad, for example, uh, very low calorie food. Uh, you need the energy to exercise. And that's the big why question. Why are you eating that? And then the next question is, if you think a food is good or bad, why? What is it about that food that you think is going to kill you, is going to make you sick, is going to cause cancer, all of those things that, and they're pretty harsh statements, don't it, that it's going to cause cancer. Uh, and if you've ever made those comments about food, do you know where that information came from? Have you become the expert in somebody else's opinion and you're just regurgitating somebody else's, or somebody said, you know, I heard on the internet or a doctor said or research shows that you shouldn't eat sweetener because it's going to cause cancer. Well, should we follow up on that information? Should we know where that study came from? Should we know who did the study? Should we know why the study was done, is one study enough, should there be multiple numbers of studies. And as a professional person, particularly as an exercise professional where people trust us, they believe us when we say something, should we have more information than just something that we read in a magazine or something that we heard from a social media influencer? And I'm being a little bit sarcastic about that because uh, we've come a long way from eat fresh fruit every day to if you eat sugar, you're going to die. So just pure, pure physiology, what does the body use sugar for and do we need it? Can, we, can it be a healthy food? Is it something that you can enjoy? And interestingly, uh, if you have a look at carbohydrate as a macronutrient, which is what sugar is, a carbohydrate, uh, we have four macronutrients, as we know. 
Uh, one is alcohol and there's an argument about whether or not you need it. Can the body, a macronutrient means your body can survive on it. So uh, if you use alcohol, can you survive on alcohol? Yes. Does your body need it? There's probably an argument about that. And there'll be some very strong arguments from people who love to have a glass of wine every day to say that, yes, alcohol is definitely a macronutrient that I can't live without. And who am I to argue with that? Uh, we have protein and fat, and then we have carbohydrate. And just as a quick overview of physiology, which is you probably already know, uh, fat is stored in a fat cell. We have somewhere between 40 to 50 billion of those on our body. Now, I don't know who counted them. I didn't. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about a fat cell is it can be empty. We don't have to have full fat cells. We get to choose that. But if you've got 50 billion little balloons all over your body that can expand in size, and not only do they expand in, in size, but a fat cell has a tiny little baby fat cell attached to it. And if it gets too big, if we put too much fat in a fat cell, it can actually split hyperplasia rather than just hypertrophy, which is getting bigger. And that fat cell can split into two and get bigger. So I'm sharing that with you to say we've got unlimited stores for fat. We can just keep getting fatter. Protein, very difficult to eat too much protein. Uh, we store it in our hair, our skin, our nails, in our amino acid pool. Our body is made of protein. And one of the things about protein, it's got a high satiety index, a high satiety rating, meaning if you eat any, any meal, if it's got protein in it, whether it's animal protein or vegetable protein, uh, you tend to feel a bit full, more full. So if you have a sandwich with just salad on it versus a sandwich with some meat and salad on it, you tend to feel fuller because of the protein, which is kind of cool because it means it's a little bit hard to overeat protein. But the human body has this amazing ability. Fat is already fat and will fill up the fat cell. Protein, your body uses it for rebuilding and for hair and skin and nails and our body's made of protein. But if you eat too much of it and you, and you don't burn it up, you don't use it, you don't use it to build your body because you've got enough now, uh, then your body goes into this very special process of, yes, you've given me too much food, fat can automatically go into the fat cell, protein can be turned into fat, and then comes that really interesting conversation or argument or nuclear war about carbohydrate, about sugar. Uh, does it turn to fat? Does it make us fat? And it's a really interesting argument because anything we eat, if we eat too much of it, uh, your body can convert it to fat. Just take a step backwards on that though, not alcohol. We don't have a storage system for alcohol. Uh, it's a, it has to become a preferred source of energy because there's no storage system. Now it's a toxin, so your body will burn it up. So if you have alcohol in your system, the other three macronutrients now become, uh, we can't use them. We have to wait till we burn off the alcohol. So that's an interesting thing to remember. Often if you've got a, people say this is my beer belly, but if you put a tap in there, beer will not come out. <laughs> uh, what happens is if you uh, have alcohol in your system and you eat anything else, your body will use the alcohol for energy as a preferred source of energy, and then everything else that we eat gets stored. Now, the storage system, again, is very interesting. Alcohol doesn't store. Fat, we, we've got ultimate unlimited fat storage systems. We can just keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter. Our fat cells can keep expanding. They can break into two and keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter. So unlimited storage. Protein, our body uses it to build Carbohydrate, what happens to that stuff? Now, we have a storage system for carbohydrate, uh, about half a kilo. 
So yes, right now, your body, whatever you weigh, about half a kilo of that is carbohydrate. We store carbohydrate in our brain as glucose, in our muscles as glycogen, and in our liver as glycogen. So it's a, it is literally the energy source for intense activity. It's the energy source for movement. Uh, in the aerobic system, we combine it with uh, fat, so we can use carbohydrate and fat at the same time. We have a kind of a mix of the two different energy sources. But if you do intense activity, if you lift heavy, if you sprint hard, so you put in 100% effort to go or 100% effort to lift, if you're in that phosphate system or the lactate system, you are now using carbohydrate. And we only have half a kilo of storage for that. The reverse of that, if I put too much food in, including too much carbohydrate, I only can store half a kilo. So my body says, well, what am I going to do now? I've got all this extra calories of carbohydrate or protein or fat or alcohol, alcohol I'm going to burn off, what am I going to do with this extra stuff? Fat goes into the fat cell. Protein and carbohydrate can be converted into fat. It's a, it's a complicated process and about 25% of the calories of that process get burnt up in the process of turning it into fat. So if you say carbohydrate makes you fat, uh, it's not incorrect, but do we understand the process and the simple process of if, if I put in 100 calories, 25 of those calories extra will be used in the conversion process. De novo lipogenesis, which is turning carbohydrate into fat, is a complicated process. Your body will do it, but it's, it's a, it doesn't just automatically I eat a, eat a eat a nectarine and it's going to end up on my backside as, as a lumpy piece of fat. No, it's a complicated process. So go back to my original question, which is why are you eating that? And if I ask why do you eat protein, uh, obviously we need protein because that's what our body's made of, hair and skin and nails and bones and blood and everything. That's what our body's made of. Why do you eat fat? We need fat because our inner organs are supported by fat. We need fat for insulation so we can stay warm in the winter. Uh, we need fat so that we have hair that stays inside our head and doesn't fall out. Uh, our body needs all of those macro macronutrients. That's why they're called macronutrients. So do we need carbohydrate? Uh, your brain only, only works on glucose. There's not too much argument about that. There's some of the, the ketone folks that would probably argue that, the folks that suggest that you should just eat animal fat and, uh, and just eat meat. So there's the people that are on the ketone diet that would suggest that your brain can run on ketones. But there's not too much argument that that process in itself is simply your body will then convert the fat that you put into your body into uh, carbohydrate for your brain to use or glucose for your brain to use. So there's, again, an interesting argument about that. I'm not interested in the argument. I want to know why people eat food and is it a pleasurable experience? Is it a, for, for performance? And do we actually understand what we're doing to our body when we put food in? And that's the interesting thing about sugar. If I'm going to, if I want to eat sugar or if I want to eat fruit or if I want to eat carbohydrate, then there's another question, do I need to eat it? And the argument is if I'm a person who has a high activity level, I'll rephrase that. If I don't do very much, I don't need to eat very much of anything. 
If I'm an active person, I need more calories, I need more energy units to be able to move, so I need to eat more food. And if I have high intense activity in my life, which is the sprinting, lifting, uh, doing something of using 100% effort in my lactate or my phosphate system, then I actually need carbohydrate and my brain runs on carbohydrate. If you've ever run out of carbohydrate, that expression of hit the wall, uh, that's, <laughs> that's when you don't feel very good because your brain doesn't have anything to run on. And then the next question is, what does your brain control everything? So do we need to be feeding our brain? I'll put that into even greater uh, understanding if I'm in hospital god forbid and I can't eat food so I'm unconscious or for some reason my, I'm incapable of eating uh, the hospital staff the medical professionals will put me on a glucose drip it's not a protein drip it's not a fat drip it's not an alcohol drip it is a glucose drip so that my brain stays alive because my brain runs on glucose isn't that interesting so do I need carbohydrate versus do I want it and when I look at this beautiful bowl of fresh fruit, I think, wouldn't it be nice to, to eat fresh fruit on a regular basis? I've got a lovely bowl of lollies here. Some people don't like lollies. I love lollies. And lollies are predominantly sugar. Uh, there's an argument about this stuff, which is the artificial sweetener. So the first question I'm asking here is, do you want to eat sugar? Do you have to? Uh, can you get carbohydrate from other things? And of course, the answer is yes. So you don't need to get carbohydrate from uh, fruit or from sugar or from um, even from vegetables you can get most foods have carbohydrate in them so yes cereal bread rice pasta fruit vegetables all carbohydrate products some of those products have protein and fat in them as well the question is what happens if you get too much sugar and this is where I get really excited too much of anything and your body's going to have to do something with it. So yes, if you've got too much carbohydrate, your body will turn it into fat. But it will only do that if you don't burn it off. And the amazing thing and why I love the human body so much is it's designed not only to survive, but to, to perform at its best. So if I eat too much of anything, my body will try and burn it up as quickly as possible because I don't need it. My body only needs what it needs and after that I'm going to try and oxidize it off. So my metabolism will speed up a little bit. Uh, my temperature will heat up a little bit. Uh, if you've ever had a big bag of lollies or a big bowl of lollies when you've gone to the movies or you've sat down at home and at night and watched a movie, you might wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning and, you're, and your body's a bit hot and you might you throw the blankets off and you're a bit sweaty. That's your body trying to oxidize off the extra calories, the extra carbohydrate, the extra food that you're putting to your body. However, the challenge is if we keep bombarding our body with too much food. Uh, it can only do what it can do. Uh, the reverse of that, if I'm really fit and if I'm really strong and if all of my systems are working together really effectively, then I would, my body is capable of not only protecting me, looking after me, turning, I can turn my body into a virus fighting machine, a disease fighting machine, but I'm going to turn my body into a food, calorie, fat, sugar, carbohydrate burning machine. My body's going to try and burn up or will burn up everything that I put into it because if I have 
if I protect my muscle and if I'm a bloke, I put on more muscle, I speed up my metabolism. If I do, if I'm a person that moves a lot, I have a faster metabolism. If I stand up, I use more calories than if I'm sitting down. If I'm moving around, I use more calories than if I'm just standing still. And then if I'm sprinting, I turn my body into, that's the stimulus for my body to become a faster calorie burning machine when I'm resting. So that's the joy of being a fit person. I literally turn my body into a food burning, calorie burning, fat burning and sugar burning machine. So the question is, do you want to eat less uh, of anything? <laughs> and be inactive, or would you like to move more and become a person that can burn everything up that you put into your body, including sugar? Now, the really interesting thing about sugar, uh, if I have too much of it, this is the, this is the big challenge. Um, it's a big molecule. Sugar as a molecule, glucose as a molecule, when it gets into my bloodstream, it's a large molecule. And that, I always use the analogy, if I have a, a big truck on a small street, I'm going to break up the, the road. If I have a bicycle or a small car on the road, it's not going to do any damage. I can just keep driving. So my fat molecules and my protein molecules can move around my arteries quite easily, but sugar molecules are bigger. So if I don't burn them up or if I don't store them, so I want to get them out of the bloodstream as quickly as possible and store the glucose in my brain, in my liver and in my muscles, so that they're ready for, for my activity, for my high intense activity. So a really fit, strong, healthy body, my insulin will open up, my fat cell will open up my uh, the cells in my liver and my muscles and store carbohydrate and store fat really quickly. If I keep overloading my body constantly and my insulin system, my hormonal system stops working because I'm overloading my body with too much food and I'm not doing any activity to burn it off. Everything slows down, everything becomes broken. So my insulin system, my hormonal system, you'll hear that. We talk about, often we talk about insulin when it relates to sugar, but insulin is the, the hormone responsible, responsible for taking all food out of our bloodstream and putting it into our cells. So if I keep overloading, 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 eating too much, eating too much, eating too much, that system breaks down. So now, instead of insulin taking all food out of my bloodstream and storing it in my cells, uh, I now have, unfortunately, those big sugar molecules aren't going to my brain, aren't going to my uh, muscles, aren't going to my liver because I'm full. Those storage systems are full. So now I've got these big molecules, sugar molecules, running around my bloodstream. It's called high blood sugar levels. And unfortunately, those big molecules do damage inside the arteries. They cause potholes, as a truck would. They cause grazes and cuts and damage to my roads inside my body, my hoses, my arteries. And now the challenge with that is now that I've got broken pieces inside my arteries, the cholesterol that should be flowing freely through my arteries as well gets stuck on those things. So now inside my arteries, I have or inside my hoses in, in my body, I have broken bits that, that cholesterol can stick onto, so I now have clogged arteries. So I'll link all of that together. High blood sugar levels causes broken hoses, 
causes blocked hoses, which now causes what we call cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes. And if my hoses get blocked, here are some of the challenges. If the hoses to my heart get blocked, I get a heart attack or I have a heart attack. If the hoses to my brain get blocked, I have a stroke. If the hoses to my eyes get blocked, I go blind. And one of the biggest causes of blindness in the Western world now is type 2 diabetes, blocked arteries, cardiovascular disease. One of the biggest reasons we have amputations is we have blocked circulation to our fingers, to our hands, to our legs, to our toes. And we now have people who literally, because they've got high blood sugar levels, high cholesterol levels, blocked arteries, cardiovascular disease. We have people who have amputations, they're going blind, their kidneys break down, we have renal failure, and then of course we have cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, and we die. Yuck. (laughs) Yes, you can die from eating too much sugar. You can die from eating too much fat. You can die from eating too much food. That's the negative side of all of that. The really positive side is that when you're really fit, your body, your insulin system, your hormonal system works really effectively. So it takes the blood blood out of blood sugar, out of your bloodstream, and puts it into the to the cells where it belongs. It takes fat out of your bloodstream and puts it into your fat cell where it belongs. But if you're really fit, what happens now is when you exercise hard with high intensity lift, heavy sprint hard, your body uses up a whole heap of calories all of the time. And the really exciting one is at rest. We now have what we call a respiratory quotient, respiratory quotient, where our body prefers to burn fat at rest. So when we're exercising, we burn the sugar that we put into our body. And when we are resting, we burn the fat, which means, and most of us, we don't exercise all of the time. Uh, For most people, exercise, well, for everybody, exercise should be a stimulus to turn your body into a fat-burning machine while you're resting. So when you're exercising, you're burning the carbohydrate and the sugar. And when you're resting, your body then prefers to burn fat. Overall, that turns your body in 24 hours, 7 days, 60, 70, 80 years of your life into a fat-burning machine when you're resting, a sugar-burning, calorie-burning, carbohydrate-burning machine when you're doing high-intense activity. But overall, your body burns everything you put into it. And that's always my exciting question. Wouldn't you love to be the person that can eat whatever you want, eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full, eat all the things that you enjoy, eat for pleasure, eat for performance, eat yummy cherries at Christmas time, eat lollies at the movies if you want to. If you want to put artificial sweetener into your coffee because for some reason you don't want to get excess calories from sugar that you put into your coffee, your body burns up everything you put into it. The beautiful thing about being fit is you have a a base metabolic rate, which is how many calories your body needs in 24 hours. That goes up because your body has more muscle tissue, which increases your metabolism. You're active, which increases your metabolism. So when you're a fit, healthy, strong person, your base metabolic rate is higher. The number of calories your body actually needs to survive is higher. Your metabolic rate goes up, which is the calories that you burn at any one time during the day. So standing up is better than sitting down. We burn more calories from standing up. So if you're an active person who's always moving around, who's always doing something, even people that fidget and dance and people, by the way, the interesting studies on this, people who fidget burn up to anywhere between 800 to 1,000 calories more every day just because they 
move around more. <laughs> so maybe you need to become a fidgeting person. Maybe you need to stand up. Maybe you need to get a standing desk. Maybe you need to get a tread desk. Uh, one of the the best things I've ever invested in. I never, I haven't sat down at a desk for as long as I can remember. But now I have a tread desk, which means it doesn't matter whatever work I'm doing with my brain and my computer, my legs are moving underneath me. I'm sharing all of this with you because I think it's really sad that if you want to eat a really nice piece of fruit, you don't because you think it's got too much sugar in it. Doesn't matter what you what you put into your body. If your body is a fat burning, sugar burning, calorie burning, food burning machine, because you've got a fast base metabolic rate, you've got a fast metabolism during the day, and your respiratory quotient, where the calories are coming from, your body prefers to burn fat when you're resting, and of course you're going to burn high levels of carbohydrate, high levels of sugar when you are sprinting, when you're lifting heavy, when you're punching, when you're working at 100% effort. You wrap all of that up. It's really simple. If you are fit and if you are strong, if you are fit, it means you've got to get puffed. So let's put this really simple. Get puffed to get fit. Lift heavy to get strong. When you're fit and strong, you turn your body into a food-burning machine. Everything you put into your body will get burnt up. And even if you eat too much, your body will say, okay, you've put too many calories in me. I'm going to increase my metabolism. I'm going to increase my body temperature and we're going to burn this up. And I always ask this question, isn't it interesting we talk about kids and sugar? Don't give kids lollies because it makes them run around. Listen to what I just said. Isn't it funny that the human body, not funny, isn't it awesome that the human body, if you put sugar into it, it's a movement uh, macronutrient. So when you give kids lollies, they want to move around. The human body's natural response to sugar is let's move because it's a movement macronutrient. So our energy comes from food, yes, but our energy to sprint, our energy to lift heavy, and our energy to be a high-performance machine comes from the carbohydrate that we eat, which allows us to lift heavy, to sprint hard, to turn our body, the, the stimulus to turn our body into a food and calorie burning machine comes from being fit and being strong. So get puffed to get fit to turn your body into a food burning machine. Get Lift heavy to get strong to turn your body into a food burning machine. And wouldn't it be nice that you could eat whatever you wanted to in the amount that you wanted to. You eat when you're hungry, you stop eating when you're full and we take this big uh, can't have, mustn't have, don't have stigma of food. Wouldn't it be nice to just thoroughly enjoy our food, whether it's a bowl of lollies at the movies or summer fruit at Christmas time or just thoroughly enjoying everything that we eat. I wish that for you. I wish that for your kids. I wish that for everybody in your life, that we don't hate food. We don't have an argument about whether or not we should eat certain foods. We don't argue with other people about whether or not we should eat certain foods. We just eat what we really enjoy and our body enjoys that we've put it in there. Because if you've got a body that is a food burning machine, a calorie burning machine, a sugar burning machine, it means that everything you put in gets burnt up. Uh, you have normal blood sugar levels, normal cholesterol levels, uh, low resting heart rate when you fit, healthy blood pressure, and that would then create a healthy human being. And wouldn't that be awesome?